I am unashamed. What about you? So we're uh, we're back in the duck call room uh, for the podcast. Uh, we we uh, had Shane and Shane on the last podcast, and amazingly, Jay Zach is back. Cause, he's back. Yeah, he he was here. So because we yeah. we did podcast yesterday, and I found out I, I was right while we were. You know, working hard, digging into the Word of God, talking about the crucifixion and burial of Jesus. Zach was duck hunting with Shane and Shane. Yep, killing, it was, killing duck. It was ministry. I was ministering to them. <laughs> well, it gave new meaning to "I'll be there next time." <laughs> <laughs> so did, next, well, time next time means yeah. at some point. <laughs> In the future, <laughs> when you're gathered, not necessarily the next, <laughs> but next time. Yeah, no. uh, okay. Well, let me let me apologize. Uh, and, and I, <laughs> yeah, and I do for I want to forgive you for talking about me behind my back when I wasn't here too. I want to tell you. Oh, you were thrown squarely under the bus. No, no resentments from me. I'm, I took it as a sign when you answered my text 23 hours and 58 minutes <laughs> after the first, which was then, because a lot of the viewers are wondering why I'm making a big deal of that, because we were then, therefore, into the next day and fixing to do another podcast. We were two minutes away from starting. When he responded to... <laughs> Two podcasts ago in 24 hours that I'm having a low cell service issue. Well, I was. My family went, we do a like a, a four or five day sabbatical trip every year just to kind of, un, and I and I didn't realize That's where. the big word, Jay. Sabbatical. Sabbatical. Yep, I'm 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 being introduced to a, a whole new series of words. Have like you, have you hiatus, ever, hiatus. Hiatus. Sabbatical. Have you and your family ever done a sabbatical, Jase? Well, we don't call it a sabbatical. We call it a vacation. Okay, there you go. So we we're look we're we're kind of like the typical people. We take one once a year. Well, this is uh, I got up there and I thought I would have an ability to. So really, it really wasn't my fault. But actually, it worked out better because when you're on a sabbatical, it's best not to have self. Dad's life is a sabbatical. Yeah, dad. Yeah, he, yeah. Your life Hell is a sabbatical. That. I'm gonna have to look up sabbatical. Yeah, there's something to that. Yeah, Father, sabbatical. That. It does seem like it can't because I spelled it wrong. I went S E B instead of S A B. That's the thing about Jace. Go back to your phonetics. Remember phonetics. Sound out those. But I'm so glad to use this word because. This, this is interesting. You you literally just threw yourself under the bus. <laughs> oh, great. This uh, is what it says. Kinda... A period of paid leave granted to someone, a teacher or university or other worker for study or travel, traditionally one year for every seven years worked. Oh, yeah, that's what I need to do. Wow, one year. One year. So Man, I, I see why you called it a sabbatical because you're gone for, you know, two or three weeks and you're like, well, look, it could have been a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't gone that long. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. yesterday, like, that that one's on me. It's more like a hibernation than a sabbatical. Well, let's mean? face it, in most of our lines of work, if you're gone for a year, then when you come back, it's like, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that. Don't stay gone too long. Yeah, I mean, yeah you yeah. stay gone too long. It's well, like, right. why do we even That's, need you around? You know, everybody got bent out of shape because I, I don't go to these high school reunions ever, you know, 20 years. And I said, look, 
if I haven't contacted you in 20 years, there's probably a reason. (laughs) I'm not showing up. All the people from that time, I have them in my phone. If we want to have a get together, we will. Well, there's so so one guy that I now know is as we're adults, but we were in high school together, and he was always a big you know, student president, blah blah blah. But so he sends me this email, and he's like, you know, our fortieth is this year. Are you going to come? And so uh, you know, and I've told him every time he asked me, I said, no, Stanley, I I didn't know anybody back then. Yeah, I sure don't know anybody now. You know, and what am I going to do? Go back in and try to act like Mister Big? You know, because I was on a TV show. I was like, no, that's I'm never coming. You're so, never going to the reunion. I'm never going to the reunion. I, I didn't been to one either. Yeah, it's just not. I didn't know these people. Yeah. I knew six people in high school. There were 2,000 there. I knew six. I, and I still stay in contact with those six. But the rest of them, I don't know. I mean, I see them around town. I see them on billboards. They're insurance salesmen. Were, were your parents involved in like the PTA and stuff? I'm not sure. Mom and dad even knew. You knew we were in school because we got on a bus every day, but. You you, got, you weren't exactly. No, they didn't go to school functions or ball games. Of course, we only had one vehicle, a big Chrysler, and uh, you know, yeah. So, and in Dad's defense, he was on the road a lot selling duck calls during my my era yeah. of playing sports and stuff. So, Mom would come here once in a while. Yeah, a couple of years into their newfound faith, I didn't I didn't see y'all for a few years. It seemed like <laughs> you know I'm sure y'all were coming in and out, but it just. It was survival down there. I mean, we were in a perfect place to not really be watched twenty four seven. But we just kind of went out in the woods. And but you didn't really go anywhere. I mean, no, we, didn't we go couldn't anywhere. get further than uh, the furthest I ever went was maybe a couple of miles up the road. Yeah, you were usually yeah. hunting. You know, hey, look, I ran away seventeen times and no one ever knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was independent when Bill Phillips and I were in high school, and we took off down river. We found a little. A little break down there, a little cypress break. You remember us telling you that story? And turns out we got ran off because I didn't know if you owned all the land around it, then you you can't you know you can't hunt it. Yeah. But we went down there and the and the motor died. We're five miles down river in January, so it's strong current, and so we were like, you know, what are we going to do? So we went, we found an old camp house, and they had like a little two point nine horse motor and a can of gas, and so we left a note. We said, we're stuck, we're going to bring your motor back, and we'll fill up the gas, just in case. It didn't look like anybody was there. And so we, we hooked that up on the thing, because Bill's motor was locked in where you couldn't get it off. So and we came back. Too. We were just fast enough to beat the current. So it took, to cover that five miles, it took about 10 hours. Oh, gosh. So we left it, we left it, or maybe six hours, we left it dark, and so we get in, it's like 11 o'clock. So we're thinking they're going to have people looking for yeah. So we walk in, mom and dad are watching, you know, Carson or whatever. They're like, hey, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we, we've been gone, we've been stranded. We couldn't get back. We're telling the story. And uh, so, so dad's like, good night. And I said, were y'all not worried about us? They said, oh, we didn't know where y'all were. We figured you'd show up at some he, point. He figured. Well, I remember one time it rained real hard, and that was before the roads were paved out there, and the school bus got stuck. Right in the and, middle of the road. Yeah. And I mean, we got in about dark. And I, I was thinking, boy, they're going to be worried about us, you know. And walked in, they're like, what y'all been doing? I was like, 
We get off the school bus every day. <laughs> I've been on the school bus. Three hours ago. Yeah. Three hours ago, I should have been here. Nobody. They're like, well, we left a little supper there for you in the oven. So what you're telling me is that Phil and Kay, they were free-range parent, parenting before that was cool. It's yeah. exactly what it was. And now they teach courses on how to do that, Phil. They they teach they teach people. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm telling you, people look at us, oh, that sounds terrible, because we're also, you know, my kid, yeah. grandkids are gone for two minutes. I'm like, where did they go? Yeah. But it really was, it built in a huge amount of independence and free-spiritedness in us. I mean, so I, the location was the reason. There yeah, it was, was safe. Nobody, we were safe. That's there right. was yeah. nobody down there. No. Nobody. Unless they were lost. Yeah, but but kids don't take adventures. They don't do that anymore. You're right, because they're watching a yeah. video of somebody, somebody playing a video yeah, game. Yeah. They're watching them watching something else. That's the popular thing. I've said that many times. But you, like but my, you, yeah, my childhood was better than any video game out there. Oh, it yeah, was. Because when you're yeah. 10 years old and you and, and you think, the, I mean, literally a trip across the river seems like another world. Yeah. Yeah, we, I love. I didn't like visiting you guys for because of the abuse that we've talked about in the past. <laughs> but the thing that I did like, I'm glad he said counseling to help him. Through yeah, that. I've yeah, I've got I've got a little resentment still. But um, I was so shocked when I heard that. Zach, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's Christmas. So it's a great time. Yeah, for you guys, terrible memories. Yeah, yeah Merry Christmas. <laughs> but but I did like uh, me and Jeff. You know, it was like the Wild West. I mean, it was it was. Uh, I know we get the like you always you always had like a collection of styrofoam at your house like big chunks of styrofoam. Well, that was that, one that was of the obsessions. Not all that floating down the river, yeah, for duck blinds yeah. and such. Styrofoam is expensive, so I just waited for the water to rise, and it just came down the river block after block. We take it yeah. to the bank, yeah, tie it up. I've still got duck blinds riding on that. On that. that is it still? It was it was Louisiana law. Is it still law that if something's floating down the river and you claim it, it's yours, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. Where'd the styrofoam come Even from? Even down to a log. Who knows? You can take a cypress log floating down the river. Yeah. If you if you snag that, pull it over and tie it up, which I did a many a time, uh, make your mark on it, put you a mark, and tie it up. That's your cypress log. That's still law in Louisiana. You find a cypress log floating down the river. Huh. If nobody's marks on it, you can get it and tie it now up. Now that you've told everybody that, <laughs> yeah. everybody's going to go out looking for cypress logs. Uh, I say if, if if you could could give it to them and and give them money to take it, they still wouldn't take it away. <laughs> yeah. I was being uh, yeah, I was, sarcastic. Yeah, I was going to say the guy was They look sarcastic. at it, they say, what's... What's that all about? What are you going to do with that? Look, well, I'm going to build a blind on top I'm of running it. hoop nets one morning. I looked out there. Water was rising, and I had the net in my hand. I was coming up with it. I was watching. I see this log. And I said, I dropped that net. I pulled out there, got out of the boat. The log was so big, I, I got out of the boat, stepped over on the log. We're now, I'm floating down the river on the log. Oh, Got my boat in my hand. I said, oh, this is going to be tied up. What, though? I said, you're talking about luck. I said, look at that thing. So I tied it up over there. I went back to going up the river, running my nets. I looked over there. There's another one coming down the river about, you know, a mile from that other one. I stopped that. We got out there and got that. Well, it was the day the logs. And this day, coming. we are floating on those duck blinds on those two logs. 
I found them both in the same same morning. One of them had a piece of iron sticking out of it on the end. I said, somebody has used this way, way back. Yeah. Big old, big old piece of metal in one end of it. There was a house on it or some kind of you gotta remember when the when the wildness and the people first hit the North American continent, all these people that had already been there, the Pathfinders, all all their floating devices, places of business down at the mouth of the Mississippi River, they floated around and did all that. They floated every bit of cypress logs. There was no styrofoam. Yeah. Logs. Well to this day, knowing that, I've already gathered them up up to 35, 40 miles either side of me, mainly upstream because can't come upstream with it, too much current. So I had to get them and float them down. But I've, I've, I've got a my yard out there, my old boathouse is still out <laughs> well, there. You got a stash. <laughs> it's looking rough because <laughs> I don't use it anymore. Willie comes up and builds a big thing, you know, with all kinds of floats. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he does, though. Yeah, I, moved, I, I saw his over there. I said I was down there the other day. I was doing something. Uh, we was filming a commercial, and I saw Phil's dock, and I yeah. thought, "Hmm, need some work." <laughs> then I looked over there and saw Willie's, and I'm like, <laughs> "Taj Mahal." Taj Mahal. Oh, did Willie do that after looking at Phil's and saying, "Yeah, look at this." It's more like a boathouse. I sent him word asking permission. Can I put my boat under your boathouse? What did he say? Oh, he said, "Well, yeah." Oh, okay. So he's I got some. You know, he's got, well, I thought he might say no just because your boat beside his boat might make his boat. I don't know. But then there'd be nobody to see it, so let's take a break. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate our sponsors. Um, you know, there's was Keep Us On Air, which we really thank all of them. But one of the ones that's been with us from, I think, the, the beginning, Zach, is Keeps. And what they do is help you keep your hair. And uh, it, uh, I don't know if they first went with us because we're so hairy, you know, people. Yeah, we got good hair. We got good hair. And so yeah. it's like, you know, you want to look like those guys. And uh, one of the things that they let us know that I didn't know is that two out of three guys experience hair loss before they're 35. And so you, you know pretty early on if usually you're going to lose your hair. And so what they're trying to do is help you hang on to it, uh, not just to shave it off, which is what a lot of people do. They have a clinically proven FDA-approved hair loss treatment. It's all online. They have a medical provider that's going to make sure you get the right products for you. There's also 24-7 contact with that medical provider in case you have any questions. So you can do the whole thing from your house. If you're ready to take action, join the thousands of guys who save their hair with Keeps. Go to keeps.com slash door, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order, so you're saving some money. Keeps.com slash door. Hang on to that hair. So I looked down there, Jace. I was in the yard. Um, I don't know. It's been back in the summer. And I looked up and I said, what in the world? It was like a floating double-wide trailer mm-hmm. coming down Thompson Bow there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, what is? So I had to go to the get closer so I could tell what it is. Willie has, I guess, bought some big speedboat. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. And it was his, one of his son-in-laws was driving it. Of course, I was thinking – I mean, that thing was almost as wide as the bow. Oh, it's- and I thought, boy, I'll tell you what, if they don't know where these stops are, this, this is going to be a funny thing to watch that whole wreck just go down like the It'll be fun. Old, old school just turned to new school over about a 40-year 
stint. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, but a Cypress Log is one of the most uh, sought after for years. Was the sought after things there there, there was. Yeah. I mean, I walked, went all the way to to a lake thirty miles north of us and floated all the most of them logs in high water, and that's what that's what all them blinds are sitting on. They hunted out of one yesterday. And mm-hmm. logs still raises them up. And yeah. I tripped on one today. Remember when they all like, oh, he went down. Because now that the water's up so high. Almost I, went down. You you recovered. Well, there's a there's Did an Did you get arc. your boat in there this morning like I thought it We got it in there, but it's so low. The, the water's so up and the brush sunk down yeah. that it was tricky. Yeah. But everybody remained dry. You had, uh, to, you had to crawl. Yep. on your knees to get in to get in. The you would have had trouble with your current back situation. Got to replace some of that plywood. Y'all notice it's yeah. a little rickety. Yeah, yeah. Got to fix that. But you know, it was we were comfortable and we we killed a lot of ducks. It was fun. Well, yeah. Anyways, I, the, the logs stuff. blend in with the landscape. What does far logs? Yeah, far better. And blocks of styrofoam. Because it, yeah, it's just but to it, just added up. Well, you're gonna like what I did with the blind. I gave the blind a beard today because it wasn't brushed to my standards. Spanish moss. Spanish moss. And so when I got out from the blind, I looked back. It looked like the blind because I put beard. it all where we stand. It just. And all the hunters were standing up. It looked like a gray hairline that was receding. It came around, and it was a perfect beard, a little bit of a Fu Manchu in the middle. I said, I gave that blind a beard. Yeah. You did. Very nicely shaped. You you should have took a picture of that. I should have, but yeah. All of those have maintenance every – I've replaced two whole fronts that were rotted on two blinds Mm -hmm. last year because it needed to be done. You know, yeah, we usually wait till someone falls. That's the reason through. I'm wearing a back brace here. You know, and everybody yeah. else. Hey, how's it going? We've had multiple <laughs> encounters where a person fell through a blind, or the blind just began to sink. And uh, well, yeah, or things are getting in with you. And so yeah, people say at that moment, we might not do some maintenance here. You know? <laughs> it's, it's maintenance. That's time. why we're trying to get when more. When I'm fooling with them in the spring and summer, when the high water's up, you'll come up on some of them. And there'll be three big bull cotton mouths laying up on them logs. Sometimes it's gators, alligators up on it. They just kind of roll off. Sometimes it's beavers or any kind of varmint. Yeah. But it's, they, they got them a little dry place there. I've got two of them that beavers already built houses on top of them, which looked realistic, but that's a lot of weight. So I got to <laughs> tear off some of these beaver dams. Yeah. The beavers are building on my logs. I don't yeah. permit that, them to do that. <laughs> they didn't get a permit for that. <laughs> they had a meeting, Dad. And catch a bullet in the head for that. <laughs> so we cohabitate with uh, with what's living on the property, that's for sure. Well, Zach, I'm glad you got to come and hunt and be with us again on the podcast. It's always a pleasure. Now, we've had fun for this podcast and that last one. When are we going to get on that resurrection <laughs> of the dead? <laughs> well, let's do it. Dad's ready to transition. Yeah. So so uh, we we're actually we're at the... I mean, arguably, we we talked a lot about the power of the crucifixion, but arguably, we're now at the most important event in the history of the universe. Now, to our audience, they need to take Matthew, we covered that on podcast, Mark, We've already did, we've done John too, right? We did John. Everything done Luke. We've done Luke, but maybe we've done Luke. But you just 
take, I, I'm down to the page where chapter 16 begins. Chapter 15 is there. But you just take the last two pages. Read this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Same story told by four different writers. The prediction is made back in Mark chapter 8 is where it starts here. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They'll kill him. In three days, he'll, he'll, he'll rise. They did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. That's the gospel. Just came out of nowhere. He says this once he's pretty well known to be huh, a, a demonic deliverer, raises the dead, heals the sick over and over and over. And they got people after him, the same group, the, the most religious people on earth, the people of the temple. They're the ones that's giving him trouble. So, Matthew, you get on Mark. We're finally to, down there to where it says the death of Jesus and the resurrection. Mm. No, that way, that's where you start when some you say, where do I start when I'm converted to Christ? Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The last two chapters, read them. Then you go to the book of Acts, Romans, and all the rest of the epistles. Just read the first page, first page. Get all that information in your head, and actually that's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. You'll have some text about love one another. You, all that's in there. Well, it's, but those things. It's where you should start. You start with the gospel. Yeah, that's cause, exactly right. Because this one ends, go into all the world, preach the good news, uh, Mark's going to record, to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. So it's just that just that simple. Well, do you want me to read the yeah, read, section read, wrong? So, read the first eight verses. Well, so, I don't so. think you have to be baptized, somebody will say. I said, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See what they said. See what Jesus said. See what he said. Yeah. See what he said. So we're at Mark 16. So it says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and how, where, how did we? Salome is what. Salome. We're going to go with Missy's pronunciation. Yeah, Salome. Is that the way you've heard it, it Zach? Who, yeah. Yes. Who was, uh, this is, uh, remind us who that is. Uh, we said that was the Zebedee's uh, ma, the, the mother of James and John. Yeah. That's who we think it was. Yeah. So he also had a Mary in there, which would mean three Marys. Yeah. So they bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus's body. And and remember, I, I made this point earlier. They were there at the cross. They were there at the burial. You can look at verse forty-seven of fifteen. So verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, now this is interesting, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, well, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? So they hadn't really thought that far ahead. No. <laughs> Maybe they, I, just, I think they felt called to go there, and then when they got to go, and they thought, well, what are we, how are we going to get that rock over there? I mean, it's what it seems like. Good question. Yeah. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, now this is real interesting. 
they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So it was a, a form of a male angel sitting on the right side. Yeah, we, I think so. That's what it sounds like to me. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. Mm. He is not here. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you're just, we were talking about being lost and coming in. I mean, they come in, they're like, no, he's not here. He's risen. <laughs> I mean, I would think I would say, well, who are you? See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as I told, just as he, just as he told you. Now I do think this is interesting. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And you remember a couple podcasts ago, I did this thing where it seems like Mark, every time he records something spectacular that happens, he then notes that fear comes over yeah. the crowd or they try to kill Jesus or and so we were talking about there is a there's a healthy fear and John's account says that it was fear mixed with joy yeah because in the back of their mind you got to be thinking is this even though you had heard this predicted because Jesus had predicted it, Jesus uh, Phil's gone over that many times I mean over and over it's just hard for your mind to move outside of the material universe and the laws of gravity and right. uh, laws right. of nature. That's right. I mean, you know, saying there's been a lot of people that say I can fly and I can't die. But you got to remember, <laughs> he had dealt with people with death. He had, he had. He, well, he had done that before, but it's one I mean, thing he to have a trick. To people and they were dead. Yeah, and, and he raised them from but the you dead. Could well, still say, well, you know, that's don't a good make, sign for you when you say, "I'm gonna do that same thing there. I'm gonna die, but I'll be raised in three days." Uh, tell that guy to come on out; he'd be all right. So it wasn't like they had never seen it before. Yeah, but oh, they, they, but they're they, looking they, right they, at it and but, they're saying, "Is that last?" You know, Phil. I think the brutality of this event yeah. and the flogging and the public spectacle of the cross. There was no doubt, which is, I think, why God chose to do this. There was no doubt, and it in anyone's mind that he was dead. That's right. Plus, you yeah. got to remember, he he's uh, they didn't have newspapers. They didn't have look what some people have found. I mean, this is a, just a ragtag. Uh, there's no computers around, no cell phones. There's no way to communicate except a few people here and there. Was, well, that's why everybody was running. You yeah, remember the it's, it's, one, it's one of the reasons. They, they, they didn't have the information, uh, not near what we have. No, and you mentioned, hang on, Zach, let's take a break. Yeah, you had mentioned Phil uh, that this is a, a ragtag group of people. That's one of the one of the reasons why a lot of Christian apologists will appeal to this particular text right here as um, kind of a historical proof of the resurrection. Because if you think, if you think well, if, as if you're a historian and you want to put yourself back into like that time period to think about, okay, if I'm investigating this event or this alleged event of a resurrection. What are things I would look for? Uh, one of the options is well, the only option is either 
either these guys are lying or you know they made it up or it happened, right? Those are your two options. If they made it up, um, most of the New Testament scholarship would agree that they would not have constructed the story in this way and had the women find the empty tomb. They would right. that, that wouldn't yeah. have made sense. I brought that up. Yeah, we last talked time. about that. Yeah, and and I made it more of a clarification because it just, they were the only ones at each step of the way. Yeah, they they because that if you were in a court of law, that would be the most important witness. Because every, at every leg, you'd say, well, I was at the burial. And they're like, well, did you see him die? Well, they're like, well, I did. Yeah, I saw him die, and then I saw him well, put his body, and then I saw him not there. Yeah. With these group of people, uh, you know, human rights, want to call it whatever you want to, among females. Yeah, there, there, there wasn't any. No. Yeah. And, and I think but even beyond the, the- – Yeah, a bunch of women up there hollering about something. I don't know, you know, but you can't pay attention to these women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, they just dismissed them. Yeah, they dismissed them. But even beyond the, the, the role of the women, just think about all the other people you appear to after this, the, the ones mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15. You know, there's oh, yeah. over 500 people. Yeah. Like, so this resurrection, I mean, they think about that. Like if I'm going to make up a story and I'm going to say, okay, we're going to come up with a religion and we're going to – Pretend like this guy was resurrected, and and we're gonna. But the one thing you're not gonna say is you're not gonna publicly say on Facebook. You're not gonna say uh, the guy I raised from the dead. He appeared to me, then to a few other people, then to 500 people, most of whom are still living. You're not gonna say that because right. if they're still living, the, guess what? The first thing that anyone who reads that's gonna say, where are they at? What's their names? Let me go ask them. It's easy to disprove it at that point. So when you get to like that First Corinthians 15 passage, which is Paul's reference of this event or part of this event, it's the whole gospel, right? That I want to remind you of the gospel that's of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, raised on the third day, and then everything and everything that came after that. That that was a oral tradition that had been passed down to Paul, that he had received it after after the road to Damascus, after he had had an encounter with Jesus, he went and learn this. Right. He learned this in the oral tradition was the way they would recite this and they would pass it down from generation to generation. It's uh it's a very early account of the, of the gospel, but but I'm thinking like just the nature of Jesus's ministry. The nature of of what he did, it it it's like he picked all the wrong people to accomplish it. And yet it was still accomplished. Yeah. <clears throat> it's almost like he was making a point. Yeah, he picked the ragbags. He picked. He well, picked. maybe that's why one of the writers said he chose the foolish things of the world to change to shame the wise. You know? So, what would you say if you said because they're highly educated, mm-hmm. highly educated unbelievers, atheists, and they take a stand and they have their way on what what happened, creation, and everything else, and they read this and they think it's laughable. They, they, but but the few that are converted, yeah, all of a sudden, they're modern day atheists. You say, you know what? I got the more I looked at that, the, the more I said, you know what? He might have done this. Yeah. Well, so, he had so, mentioned. I wouldn't. I, I didn't. Li- I didn't hear the podcast yesterday. You told me this earlier when you were talking about truth. You know how you read a. Why is this so hard to believe? Even though. I think it's hard to believe because of what Jesus said that those on the side of truth will hear his voice. And so we we do a lot of things to get around the truth, you know, and I, I you know if you think about it, you go back to look at look at our culture and how much we deny obvious truths. 
biological realities, things that like we're, like we'll we'll go to whatever length we have to go to to preserve our own autonomy. I think that's I think it's offensive to to us. It's we've all been offended by it. That's why we were living in sin at one point, right? We were offended by the fact that we're not God. That's offensive yeah. at first, but once you learn to accept that reality, you actually and understand that God's inviting you. Uh, I think it's First Peter says that we're invited to per- be participants in God's divine nature. Yeah. Then you start to say, wait a second. If I come in as a participator by his invitation, I can actually participate in his divine nature. Well, and you see, to that point, you see people, <clears throat> I mean, Lee Strobel comes to mind. Yeah. Well, first time I heard Lee, you know, give his testimony, basically, he's an investigator uh, in Chicago, very smart, very, you know, asks a lot of questions about anything because yeah. to be a good investigator, you have to be. And he's, he's an agnostic or an atheist. <clears throat> and so his approach to the Bible was he didn't want to believe any of it. And he thought because he was really good at his job, he would dismantle the Bible and the story of Jesus. He said, you know, he said, I do this all the time. Yeah. I, I go in and, and deconstruct a crime scene and figure out the truth. And so he went in with zero faith and to tear it down. And I, I don't know, I can't remember what he said the period of time was, but at the end of the day, guess what? He believed. I mean, you know, and now, of course, he's he's so great because yeah. he, he he speaks into that world in a way we I, can. I, I, I went through a lot of doubts um, in my faith, and uh, I went down the rabbit hole of a, that's called apologetics, which is the defense of the Christian faith. It's And once you kind of go into rabbit hole, you start to realize, man, like there is a rich intellectual history to Christianity, current and past. I mean, they're some of the most brilliant people that have ever lived were believers. Um, and I've been ministered to a lot by those arguments, but I'm telling you the thing that has probably, that I've, that I've anchored in more than any of that is just the idea that God accomplished everything that he accomplished in a way that none of us would have ever chosen him. Yeah, and if you do make the mistake of saying, uh, so you expect me to believe this because I can gain everything. Yeah. And and then you make a decision. You say, well, I have nothing to lose, and I would tell them, except your life. That's yeah. what you got to lose. That's what the right <laughs> yeah. is. And, that, and, and it speaks, yeah, right. It, well, it, well, I don't believe it because what have I got to lose if I don't I don't fool around and believe in somebody that come yeah. along and died on the cross? And you're like, oh, everything. <laughs> you, you, you well, that's your life. Yeah. Hey, let's take another break. Well, uh, we went. So we were duck hunting yesterday, as you guys have already pointed out, um, while y'all were doing the podcast. But like I said, I was ministering, and so. Uh, but that was a cool moment in the duck blind. Our, our one of the guys that was in there calling for us, uh, just a Louisiana country boy. You know, I just grew up out in the Delta country, and we were, after about two hours of duck hunting, he says, "Y'all want to hear my testimony?" And. Uh, it's one of those moments you're like, I mean, you're never going to say no, right? Yeah. I say, Shane's like, yeah, I'd love to hear your story. And so he gives his story, and it's like, I mean, this guy was just, I mean, in 2019, he was an atheist. He was um, just living. I mean, he's, he was he was pretty bad off. Wife left him, rock bottom, uh, make a long story short, has a radical encounter with Jesus. And at the end of his whole story, he said something I thought was so funny, but it was like, 
it was so profound at the same time. He said, you know, people ask me all the time, why do you believe this now? I mean, what, what, what reason can you give me? He said, you know what I say to them? He said, did you know me before? And they're like, yep. He said, do you know me now? And they're like, yep. He goes, isn't that enough reason? And they're like, good point. <laughs> but it's just like the tra- the transform life, you know. Yeah. You look at this guy, you think, I mean, we're doing your movie, Phil, and uh, but you and Kay's story, and that's one of the things I think we've accomplished. We just got our a rough cut in, and I think we've accomplished this. It's when you see who you were, and I know who you are now, and I'm like, I can't explain that. Yeah. I just cannot explain that. Yeah. That's it's one of the greatest witnesses is transformation. Let me read this uh, Matthew 28, because we were talking about sort of the setting and why the women were afraid, because Matthew gives a few little details that Mark didn't include in his, and, and it, it when you read his version, it sounds a lot scarier. He says in uh, Matthew 28, too, there was a violent earthquake, so that hasn't been mentioned in the other ones. Mm-hmm. Remember, there was an earthquake when he died, and I'm assuming these are probably aftershocks of that same thing. And so God's like, something's happening. So we got these earthquakes. Uh, an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. So now we know the earthquake. So we, I'm imagining rocks are strewn around everywhere. I mean, this is this is quite the scene when you walk up here, and, and this angel sitting on the rock. His appearance was like lightning. You know, Mark was just kind of like dressed in white, like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. So this was more than just, you know, he was a painter wearing a painter's outfit. It, re- it reminds me of that verse. Uh, you talk, all the verses about the hill make a um, our the our enemies his footstool, and 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 to imagine that God's angel is sitting on the symbol of 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 a sealed death. That's right. He's just sitting on that symbol. He's That's just right. sitting on it. You know, what's that, interesting is he his appearance was like lightning. If you ever run upon an individual and when you look at him, you're looking at lightning, I would I would I would say I, I am with you, whatever we which way we're going here. <laughs> I mean his he was appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow, and the guards were so afraid on it, uh, of him that they shook, and I don't know what this means, and they became like dead men. Well, if they became like dead men. They went in the shop. They went smooth it's a pretty out. clear picture well, of but, but whatever you see, I'm dealing with here. I need to tiptoe through oh, the that's a, And that's a prototype pattern that you see in Scripture when, yeah. when, uh, Paul, when Saul saw that's right. The same Jesus. And when John saw Jesus what they do? in Revelation. They hit the deck and they, they were the paralyzed. Deck. We yeah. just argued the point, well, how could you die and be live yeah. again? Yeah. Only God could pull that one off, but he did. But 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 those little things like I just read, you say, that had to have a big impact on anybody who just staggered by there and saw what was going on. Well, that's what I'm saying. So imagine all that's happened. So these women walk up. We got yeah. rocks thrown everywhere. We got this so bright you can barely look at him, angel sitting there. Yeah. And then you got, oh, by the way, these people passed out on the ground laying around because they're there. Yeah. Not witnessing the What's up with them? Right. And so when you walk into that setting, you it looks like something just happened here, something big. And so that's the setting. Now, what Matthew tells us that Mark doesn't is that so he tells them to go and tell the disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. And we read about this in some of the others. Greetings, he said. (laughs) 
they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. There's your worship day. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, because they're, you know, mixed with joy, fear. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. So, and then we also know that later, I think it's in John, where, you know, she's just holding on to him. And he's well, like. And John, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. He, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, which was a very interesting story. I've heard a lot of stories about that, where because she thought he was the gardener. Yeah, she didn't she recognize him. Right? And, you know, so there's there's just a ready-built sermon there. When you're looking at the resurrected Lord, you know, thinking he's a gardener. <laughs> I don't know why that. It's funny. There's a lot of sermons yeah, there. Funny. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's quite a thought. And he was like, "Woman, she." So first he says, "Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for?" Thinking he was the gardener, she said, "If you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him." And then Jesus said, Mary. So he, first he said woman, but then he said her name. And I guess in a voice where she then recognized. The reason I'm making a big deal of this is because his body now has a few bells and whistles. Shape-shifting. Yeah. Shape-shifter. This interests me. Yeah, As me a too. believer. Uh, and, and look, as an unbeliever, I had a similar uh, journey as, as you, Zach. I was skeptical. You know, I saw my parents' life change. But I didn't like the feel of the of the church set. It just seemed boring to me. I was a kid, but it seemed boring. And I thought, this just doesn't seem. There was something there that didn't seem yeah. right. It, it, so, it, it felt like it lacked authenticity. Yeah. It's like that. I, it gets kind of cold. Let's, let's take our last break. So I decided to study... You know, this Phil had just preached his first sermon. Uh, I remember the title was The Bad News and the Good News. So I was like, I'm going to research that and make sure, see what these. Was this a church? What, Is he preached he it? He preached it at the church. It was a little old country church because he had moved out to the middle of nowhere. Is this out about where you live, where they live now? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he preached. I remember his first. You remember that, Phil? Yep. That was the first sermon he preached. It was The Bad News and the Good News. That was the name of it. I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday. Wow. Because it, it, Made me realize, oh, he's finally going all the way with this thing. Because I was a little skeptical. I kept thinking, well, he's uh, not. How far, how far after? It was a few years. I was, was this at Luna 13. or I was, I was, I was like 13. So Luna? Four or five miles west of I'm Sweet pretty Street. sure I just turned a teenager. So we're talking five or six years after he had become a Christian, you know. And so he was nervous. I remember he was nervous about getting up and giving it. But... It, you know, in a in a weird way, it was the first time I kind of considered the gospel because I wasn't paying attention to yeah. anything else. I was thinking about, you know, fishing and rainbows or whatever I was thinking of. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, I, you know, I, I, because I, my whole deal, I was fascinated by the creation itself. I mean, really, I'm kind of that Romans one type of guy where yeah. I just felt like there's a God, not what's going on in the church building. Cause I thought these people, this just seems dead to me. I mean, you're you're looking yeah. at what's been made, and you're like, there's something. Yeah, they're like, somebody. we're living forever, and I'm like, you could have fooled me. I mean, it just didn't seem very well, dynamic. It was, it was a little small group of people, and yeah. they had good and hearts. It was the old timey type. It was, and the and nobody could really lead singing, and so I. Uh, oh, Al, when I that's came, a nice way. Look, when they started singing, <laughs> it just sounded like some weird voice voices 
that were in pain. Yeah, well, but, yeah, but you don't want that. <laughs> but it was two sisters, Jace. It was a competition because I used to lead a little singing. It was a competition between one of the the preacher's wife who could sing yeah. versus another dear sister who couldn't, and they were both loud. And so whoever got it, like I would right. say the first word, whoever got the but third word, the, the, that's where we went. We either went off the cliff yeah. or we went right into it. The average year of origin for these songs were mid-1800s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but but y'all were, but that, I mean, but that church was perfect for where y'all oh, were. Oh, it's where we need like, to. Like, it's where y'all well, Because that's where dad learned to. I don't yeah. know, oh, holy one. If it, was, <laughs> I, it was miserable to me. I did not enjoy it. And uh there was Jason's church experience is like your Christmas. He's just like, it was you, terrible. No, you, was need, like, you needed that experience. It was a wilderness moment. Yeah. So now look, because I, I just thought this just doesn't, it just wasn't appealing, you know, and I, because you can't, you can't just force it on people. Everybody's got to find your way. But when Phil gave that lesson, to his credit, his courage, because I was still having to, you know, I was still skeptical. We're five years into their faith, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to last. I mean, you weren't buying Because it was really bad before he was, you know, he was a Christian. Right. And I thought, well, he's getting better, but it still, you know, it takes a while. And so I was skeptical of the whole thing because it just didn't, because Phil and Kay were really fired up for the Lord. And everybody that were coming down there, they were sharing with. Yeah. But the church, I mean, Phil, you have to admit, it was not dynamic. It's a little dry. Whatsoever. And they had a preacher there. It was a bit parched. And I just couldn't understand. It's no longer around, right? No, it's not. I, I could not. I didn't understand a word he was saying. And so I just kind of started studying, trying to prove it wrong. But, you know, really in the back of my mind, I believed that there was a God. I, I just thought that something is not making sense to me. I told Bill Smith, I said, he said, well, what do you think? When I came back to see him after we studied, I said, it almost sounds too good to be true. Well, yeah. And, and he that, said, it probably is too good for all of us, but it is true. Yeah. And I thought, hmm. So, said, so yeah, to finish my long this, story. Yeah, this is yeah. going to work. It I, just seemed like this, this, this is too, too good to be true. So look, I'm gonna need overtime. I was, to finish. I was studying for, as a skeptic. I, that's all I was trying to say. But the more I studied, I, I was I was not becoming a skeptic. I thought, well, this is making too much sense. Makes to too me. much sense. It, it was, and I wasn't. Someone wasn't pointing the verses out to me. I yeah. was just reading. I read the four gospels, and I was like. This is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, you know every, I wasn't listening at church. Everybody listening to their voice needs to read at least the last two chapters. Read them all, but the last two chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start yeah. your journey with Jesus right there. So I come in to fail, and uh, he was sitting on the couch, and I said, well, I, I finally get it. And he was like, get what? <laughs> <laughs> do what? I said I've been do studying what? this. I said I actually was studying to try to get around this. Yeah, but the more I did, I want to do this. I, I'm I, I'm I'm going with Jesus. I, I figured out. I put all the dots together. Now I see why he changed. And then I kind of you know personally said, look, I realized that that I hadn't really forgiven you. And I was like, but I was you know I I'm, I'm I want to appeal to Christ's forgiveness for what I've done. And so. A part of that, I'm going to forgive you, and that—that that was my introduction to ask him to baptize me. Oh, really? And so, yeah. So I planted the seed there, and then 
we the next time we went to church uh on because then i had a new attitude all of a sudden you know the song sounded more meaningful yeah i mean actually it was i was i was saying that it wasn't as bad i was making it out to be when you're disinterested it's terrible yeah. But it's like when I connected it yeah. to Jesus, I was like, well, this this is not as bad as I thought it was. But I what had changed was my attitude toward it. And I, I thought, maybe I'll try to sing. I mean, try why not try that? I, mean, I like to sing. And so on the way down from that next service is when, because another guy had responded that morning, old Matt Willis. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was wanting to be baptized. So I was like, and they probably had, they probably probably hadn't had a baptism at church, and yeah, we had two in one day. Yeah. Well, I don't. It didn't have a baptistry. I think we had to go to the river. Well, we were headed to the river. Well, anyway. you know, it's funny. I, 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 I made the announcement uh, as we were headed with him, but I said I'll be I'll be coming with you. But that simplicity of that sermon, which I wasn't there for, but uh, I've I've heard I've heard we've all well, said right. I, I, you've right. said how many times you sat down with people said I got good news and bad news. Yeah. Many a time. Many a time. But you usually did the bad news first. Yeah. Yep. And uh yeah, I, I I don't remember anything about the sermon other than the title, but I've heard that so many times. I know what you said because I know what the bad news is and I know what the good news is. The bad news is, you know, we got a sin problem and we're gonna die. Yep. A sin and the good problem, news a, is a grave problem. And a weakness problem. And a weakness problem. That was the way we were trained. But you really that whole approach is the book of Romans. I mean, because yeah. that's what Paul does. Paul lays out clearly the first few chapters. Yep. Here's why you can't do it on your own, and here's why it's so great. Well, yeah. I went with the sin and death because I don't view weakness as necessarily a problem anymore. I think somebody came up with that. I mean, that that's a good – we are weak, and it's a fact, but God does his best work in that. So I think there's a positives to being weak. Yeah. I mean, the, the good news is that Jesus – answers that yeah. for us, you know, but I think that's a good, I don't like to list that in a, in the problem section because it's okay to be weak. That, that God, God uses you when you're weak. Yeah. He, he, we weak. he comes in. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in the last overtime we were, Shane and Shane were here in the last podcast and then the overtime we got Shane uh, E to tell a little bit of his story. And I got a sermon title from that, by the way, Jace. Living under neon, because <laughs> yeah. you know, he that, well, that was a powerful the re- short testimony. Yeah. The was. reason I asked him that because you know he was row with me to the duck blind, yeah. And I said, "What's your story?" I always ask that because I I want I want to hear your story, you know. And he kind of chuckled. He went huh? and he told me that. And so when we got to the podcast, I didn't tell him I was going, but I was like, "Tell us about." How y'all met? Because I knew that was going to come up. Because it was a surreal moment. He had had the seed planted. That's right. And then just was living just like a hellion. And just looked around after one night of filth. And just it just became clear to him that, you know what? I'm on the wrong road. And all those seeds that were planted by his grandpa going to church camp, all of a sudden he said, you know, I need to go back and see who this Jesus is. And what he had seen as a negative was actually a positive. We're out of time. Uh, We're going to head to overtime. There there are three or four things that happen after he's raised, and I wanted to look at a couple of those in our overtime segment. So if you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed to catch our overtime segment. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.